All right, so we are in our final week of our study through Philippians, and this series is simply called Rejoice. And the reason why it's called Rejoice is that throughout this book, Paul gives us, the Apostle Paul gives us reasons to rejoice no matter what is happening around us. And we're going to get into a little bit of that more today. And just as a reminder, Paul wrote this to the church at Philippi, a church that he planted about 12 years before he wrote this letter. And this letter to the Philippians is, um, uh, this letter was written in, while Paul was serving in prison. So Paul is in chains, probably ankle chains, and he's uh, having to, to write um, this, this letter to a church that he dearly loves and giving them some instruction and, and encouragement. So just like the church of Philippi is a church plant, we are a church plant, and uh, these same words could be for you, could be for me. And so uh, we're gonna, we, have, we have taken a few weeks to dive into this, to read all the verses of this, um, of this great letter. And uh, as we just do a quick review on, uh, on the first week, chapter one was all about living a worthy life. You know, uh, salvation is free, but following Jesus is gonna cost you. Um, there, is a, there is a sacrifice of taking up your cross daily and following uh, Jesus. And, um, and as you and I follow Jesus, and as we make those sacrifices, uh, just know this, you're going to fall down, you're going to make mistakes. I see it all the time to where people are excited about following Christ, they want to make a change, they, they have invited them to be Lord and Savior of their life, and then they get into a situation where uh, they fall down, and they're not able to really get up, they're disappointed in themselves, they're shameful, and they get to the point where they don't feel like they could be used by God. Well, in the first chapter, we talk, Paul talks about he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And so he's ready and faithful to complete the work that he started in you. Or maybe, maybe he's given you something in your heart that you know you should be doing to increase your faith. And you just haven't done that yet. He's not given up on you. That plan A is still there. He's actually waiting on you. So putting yourself in position to be used by God for allowing God to complete that faithful work in you. We also talked about in the first week about Jesus' chains. Paul's in chains because of what he did for Christ. So what kind of chains, what kind of Jesus' chains are you in? And these are good chains. You want to be in Jesus' chains because the Jesus' chains will keep you grounded and will uh, keep you uh, moving in the direction that you need to be moving. You know, you will be unable to move in the direction that the world wants to take you. Your flesh will want to go there, but the Holy Spirit will say, no, you want to, you want to stay close uh, to following Christ. And so you want to uh, put on those Jesus chains. We talked about that week two, week, uh, week one. And in week two, we talked about the joy um, and the journey to the joy, the joy of the Lord, and, uh, and how we talked about that happiness and joy are two different things. You and I can affect our happiness. You put a, you put a big bowl of bluebell ice cream in front of me, I'm gonna be very happy like that. But uh, that's only gonna last a certain amount of time because guess what? That bowl becomes empty, and it's really sad when that bowl becomes empty. And so happiness 
is based upon our happenings, where joy is, goes down to, the, down to the bone. Happiness is skin deep, and joy goes all the way through who we are to the core being of who we are. And so we want to walk in joy. And so joy is not dependent upon things that happen around us. And so Paul is encouraging us uh, to do that. And one of the things, a few of the things we talked about to bring joy is to, is to be in unity with others, uh, to, be in, to walk in humility with Jesus, uh, to walk in dedication to God, and to walk in contentment. Those things will bring about deep joy, which is stronger than happiness. And last week, week three, uh, Jackson spoke so great about a life, about making it count. And that's what Paul talks about, about a life that's, that, that counts. You know, we, we often want to uh, live a purposeful life, and we want our lives to count to mean something. And a lot of times we depend on our own abilities. We're confident in the flesh sometimes. Well, I've done this, and I, I go to church, and you know, I grew up in church, and, and all this thing. But really, our confidence does not need to go in our own flesh, in the things that we do. Our confidence is in Christ alone. And so when we walk in the confidence of Christ, because we have identified ourselves with Christ, we have crucified our, our flesh along with Christ, we have been crucified in Christ, made like him, then our confidence in Christ will help us to have a life that counts. This week in our final chapter, we're gonna talk about uh, uh, several things as we close this out. But at the beginning of chapter four, you're gonna find that Paul actually gives instructions and it actually sets up what we're gonna talk about in chapter four. He, so he's actually using an example, a real life example from the church in Philippi, from, uh, from two people, and he wants these two people, and they actually happen to be ladies, he wants these two ladies to get along. Because he's, he's heard about some disagreements about these ladies, and um, as we turn into Philippians chapter four, verse one and three, Let's read that together. And it says this, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syndiki to be in the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers whose names are in the book of life. And so what, what has happened here, these ladies actually used to serve with Paul in the ministry. And for some reason, God, uh, some reason the enemy has, has invaded their hearts and their minds and has got them off course. And, and y'all, this can happen in a church so fast. One of the things I pray for with Lake Point Church, we pray for unity, for God to unify us. I have been a part of other church uh, teams and staffs and, and, and a membership to where you, you look and see how the enemy has invaded the hearts and minds of people and have, and have caused disunity to happen. And so Paul is saying, look, we need to do everything we can to get these ladies to agree. And we need 
for, um, for God to be honored in this. You know, when we have an invasion of a heart and a mind, bad things happen. But when we put a guard up, when we set a guard to where we're guarding our heart and our mind, then there are results. The results are that there's two things I wanna talk about today. We can walk in the peace of God and we can walk in the strength of God. We can walk in the peace of God and we can walk in the strength of God. When you and I decide to set up a guard and to protect our hearts and our minds. Just, uh, just this week, I bought a home security system. Now this is not a, a promo, just letting you know what I bought. It's a Google Nest system, love it, highly recommend it. I don't get royalties from this, but I'm using this as an example because I'm using this home security system as a way to illustrate what I'm talking about today. You're gonna hear me reference it. So the reason I bought a home security system is we wanna keep bad guys out, of course. We want, to, uh, we want to make sure that our house is secure because for the first time in our family's history, we, we have kids coming home from school off the bus into a house that has been empty all day. And that is really unsettling for us. We don't like that. So after much research, I got a security system to where it has an alarm, it has a doorknob combination on the front deadbolt, it has four cameras, I mean, I've got motion sensors, I've got door sensors, I've got all kinds of stuff. And with this security system, I am having peace and strength. There's strength in this security system because I get notified of what's going on in my house at any time. But I also have peace knowing that my kids are going home and it is a secure house. And so using this analogy of this secure system, I want to talk about how we can guard our hearts and guard our minds in this. So the two areas, the two results that you and I have whenever we put that guard up, whenever we shield our hearts and our minds, is that we have the peace of God, we have the strength of God. So let's talk about the peace of God. And we see this in, in Philippians 4.4. 4. One of the first lines of defense in order to have the peace of God, we see right here in Philippians 4.4. 4. And you have probably heard of this verse many times. It simply says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So you may be sitting here thinking, okay, are you telling me that I need to rejoice no matter what the circumstance? I didn't say that. Paul said that. And so I'm agreeing with Paul. But let me tell you something. There are people in our church and people in our community who are facing some huge, huge storms in their life right now. So do they rejoice? 
So Paul says, is it difficult to rejoice? Absolutely. And I don't want to make light of any uh, horrible storm that people are walking through. But I tell you, I, you and I could have large storms or we could have small storms that rise up from out of nowhere. And because of this, um, it, it, it causes strife. And it does not have any peace at all. We are not walking in the peace of God when bad things happen. And it's difficult to rejoice. For example, our family, I don't know what is about it. We have always are having water issues in our house. And so we've had like our basement septic overflow in our basement like twice. We've had to have a, a new hot water heater. We've had three times where, um, where there's been a water leak and has trickled down to uh, multiple floors. We've had um, our main water line, uh, had to have it replaced because it, it busted. Uh, we've had uh, a, a refrigerator water line bust and, and ruin the, the, the entire floor, wood floor of the main floor of the house. And just yesterday, we've had something that's never happened before. We had a toilet overflow on the top floor and just pour down on other floors. Let me tell you what. I didn't feel like rejoicing over what's coming out of that toilet onto my floors. And I was not happy. Frustration takes over. Oh, my goodness. And when frustration takes over to that level, I'm telling you what, I'm being honest, I ain't gentle. I'm barking out orders. We're, 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 we're borrowing towels. We're asking our neighbor, knocking our neighbor, do you have towels? We're bringing towels over, and, and, and it's crazy. That happened just last night. And so I don't feel like rejoicing. But let me tell you what. Even through small storms like that or whatever big storm you are facing, when you could just say, all right, I rejoice. I rejoice in you, God. I'm, I'm grateful that I have a toilet, that I have a house, that I have family that can help me clean up the mess. I rejoice. And that is a, a first line of defense to be able to walk in the peace of God. Rejoice in every situation. The second one we find in Philippians 4, 5, in verse 5 of this chapter, it simply says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So the second line of defense is simply drawing near to the Lord. When I'm frustrated, I'm not gentle. But last night, I had to, I just had to step away after the initial shock and awe of what was going on, and as I ripped up carpet and threw it in the trash can, I just had to step away and say, all right, God, uh, this, this is no big deal compared to what other people are facing. And, and I need you to settle me down. I need you to draw near to me. And he did. He did. He brought peace to the situation. 
Um, and I, I love this verse, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And it's kind of like this, this home security system. I, I'm able to actually see things that are going on with my home security system. Because I can right now tell you that my house is armed, okay? I can tell you that the front door is locked, and I can tell you right now that all the doors are sealed. And if I need to, I can actually unlock the front door, and I can actually turn off the alarm from right here, and obviously turn that back on. What's comforting about this and what brings me peace about it is that because this monitoring system or this notification system is near to me. It's right here. I can sense it. I can see it. There's no question to where, I wonder if my house is, is alarmed. I wonder if my front door is shut. I wonder, I wonder. No. I know exactly what's going on because it's near to me. Just like that. We need to draw near to God because God knows what's best, how to, how to guard your heart. And when you ask God to draw near to you, that peace begins to, uh, to take over. Begins to take over. So we, we, uh, we find the peace of God by, by setting up that first line of defense, by rejoicing, by asking the Lord to draw near to us. And then... The third one, the third way that we can find peace of God is in verse six through seven. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace, there it is, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That right there is our key verse for how peace is a result of setting up those first lines of defense. And so what is the third area? It's prayer. It's prayer. Communicating with God through prayer about a situation will bring peace. So one of the things about this, this system is that I get a notification when someone walks onto my, my front porch. There's a camera at the doorbell. Some of y'all may have that kind of doorbell. And so it's really interesting this week, whenever some gentleman was at our house picking up some supplies, we, we had some, um, some housework done, and uh, he was picking up some supplies that were left in the yard, and he went to knock on the door, and, and, and all of a sudden, some man started speaking to him, and it was me. And I was able to talk to him, and he was able to talk to me, and we were able to provide communication to know what's going on. And so... That's similar to what prayer is. Prayer is that. It's communication. It's communication, and that brings peace. I am at peace knowing that anybody that walks in my front porch, I'm getting a notification, and I can see a video of them real time, and I can communicate with them. And I don't care where I am in the world. I can do that. And that brings peace. No matter where you are in the world, no matter what your situation, no matter where you are in life, you can communicate with God because God has the viewpoint of what is going on. 
what is coming at your front door. He does. And so as you communicate with God, share with him your, your, your struggles and your fears. That's how you are able to not have anxious, be anxious. Paul says, don't, don't be anxious. Because you don't need to be anxious. You don't need to worry because you could talk to the one who knows exactly who, what's coming at your front door. Who's trying to get into your heart and your mind. And so Paul is telling us prayer is a, way, is a way to do that, to bring that peace. And the fourth way of this is meditation. Meditation. You know, you may, have a, you may have a playlist in your mind of things that's going in your head. I, I have had this from time to time, this playlist of worry or this playlist in your mind of what people might be thinking or this playlist of how people see you, or this playlist of your past, or playlist of, of the things you've done and the shame. You have this playlist constantly going on in your mind. And I'm gonna tell you today, you need to stop meditating on those things, and you need to start meditating on a new playlist. You need to get rid of that old playlist. You don't need to listen to that anymore. You can listen to a new playlist. And what's that new playlist? It's got some of the greatest hits. Some of the greatest hits on this playlist. We find it in Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Meditate on such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace, there it is, peace will be with you. Some of y'all need a new playlist. That playlist with the greatest hits. You might need to just read that, those verses. Start your day. I choose the playlist to listen to songs and to listen to thoughts that is true and noble and right and pure and lovely. And the list goes on of some of the greatest hits of that playlist that's going to help you to have peace. So recap. The result of peace, of walking in the peace of God, happens when you and I set up the first line of defense by rejoicing in every situation by drawing near to God, asking God to draw near to you, by prayer and by meditation. So not only do we get to walk in the peace of God, in this chapter, Paul talks about how we can, how we can walk in the strength of God. When the enemy is trying to enter your heart and mind, almost like a house, when the enemy is trying to invade your heart and mind, you can have the strength of God as a guard against such attacks. So what does that look like? We read this in Philippians 4, 10 through 13. It says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content 
whatever the circumstances. I know what it is like to be in need, and I know what it is, is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13, probably one of the most famous verses in the all Bible. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Why can we do all things? Through Christ who gives me strength. There's our result. There's our result word. Okay, peace was the first part. Strength is the second part. How can we do all things through Christ who gives us strength? We walk in contentment. Being content with what you have can bring strength because Jesus becomes all you ever need. When Jesus is all you ever need, and it doesn't matter that what you have, it, it may or may not be enough, but it doesn't matter because Jesus is all you need. When you get to the place where it's all about Jesus and your relationship to him, it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. You walk in contentment. And what that does, it brings strength. It doesn't matter. It's like, I don't have this. I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. I don't know how I'm going to make that bill pay. But guess what? I'm trusting in Jesus. I'm walking in contentment. And Jesus has got this. And that is strength. So when you're trying to write your bills and when you're trying to face those struggles in your life, knowing that you've got Jesus at your back and saying, I've got this. I've got this. But strength can also come when you're discontent about things not being right in your life. So there's there's a level of discontentment when things aren't right. And I'm not talking about the things you don't have. I'm talking about when things aren't right in your life. You could be in a marriage that there's some discontentment there. It's like things aren't right here. You could be discontent about your finances. You could be discontent about your health. You could be discontent about certain relationships. In order to get that, to walk in contentment in that, there, there needs to be some adjustments made. And that holy discontent causes you to want to make some changes through the power and the strength of God. You know, as I said earlier, we were discontent about the fact that we're going to have children coming home by themselves when the house is empty all day. And, I, and, and I've had a security guy who's in the security business tell me, that most break-ins happen between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. And we were discontent about that. We were. And so what do we do? We, we did something about it. Who or what could be invading your heart and your mind? Who or what could be invading an area of your life that you're like, okay, enough is enough. I'm done with this. Something's got to change. I've got to walk in contentment of this. So being content with what you have and then changing the things that aren't content in your life. So contentment will bring strength. And there's one other thing that's going to bring strength. And that is found in Philippians 4, 14 
through 19. It says this, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. And for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid when, um, more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus um, the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Another famous verse. Our God will meet our need. He will supply our needs. Paul states here, he had some, he had some problems in his ministry. He wasn't able to, to, to meet his needs on his own strength. But because of the strength of the church at Philippi giving to him to where he can go ahead and continue in his ministry to do all the travels, to plant churches all across Europe and to spread the gospel all the way to Rome and beyond, Paul was able to strengthen his ministry. Paul trusted in God to supply all of his need. What's, what's the first line of defense in order to have strength? It's trust. Simply trust. Trusting in God that he is going to meet your need. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Not our wants, but all of our needs. It's a combination of living in content, but also trusting in God to supply your very needs. But let me tell you something. You and I can't have trust without generosity. He's telling the church of Philippi, you know, you're trusting God to supply your needs. My God, he's selling the church of Philippi. He's going he's gonna to take care of you. He's going to supply your needs just like he supplied my needs. And he's going to supply your needs because of your generosity. He's going to, he's going to take care of you because you are generous. Generosity and obedience to giving builds contentment and trust in the one who has an endless supply of resources to guard you from things you may not see coming your way. You know, I'm unaware of who has plans to enter my home. I'm unaware of who may have plans to enter my home. I mean, I've got sensors of, of when something happens, when something is triggered, but I don't know what kind of what kind of person may want to come and try to enter my home? Just like you and I don't know what could be coming our way. We don't know that. We don't know what kind of health crisis or job transition or unexpected expense. We don't know what could be coming our way. But we place our trust in the security system of Jesus.
because he will set up that guard. You know, destruction could be trying to rob you. Destruction, and, and I'll listed a few of those examples. Health crisis, job transition, unexpected expense, lots of different things that's trying to rob you of your joy and to rob you of your peace and to rob you of your strength. But as we trust in Jesus, he's gonna meet our needs. I, I love this in, in John chapter 16, verse 33. And this is Jesus talking. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. As we trust in God, as we trust in Jesus, then in, 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 in walking in contentment and trust and that balance, content with what we have, and in trust of God meeting our needs, and trust that God's going to, going to guard us, guard our heart and mind, then we're able to walk in the strength of God. Are you weak? Are you have moments where you're, you're just weak? Walk in contentment. Walk in trust for that. You know, establishing a first line of defense by rejoicing in all situations. Drawing near to God through prayer and, and meditation and living in contentment and trust. Those are the things that's going to bring peace and strength to your life. But I believe not only does it guard from things coming into your heart and your mind, I believe the security of Jesus and walking in these ways and setting up these first line of defense, they also keep the good things in your heart and in your mind. Because one thing I did not tell you about my home security system, <laughs> the main reason I got my home security system, there's two reasons, but the first reason, the main reason, wasn't to keep the bad guys out, it's to keep my kids in. Because see, we've had a couple of instances where there would be a kid that would walk out in the middle of the night and just roll in the neighborhood. Oh yeah. <laughs> and when the Harley police shows up your, at your house, you know, it's always a wonderful chat. So, I bought it to keep those I love, the things I, I, I endure the most in my life, in and safe. And so when you set up those first lines of defense, by rejoicing in all situations, draw near to God through prayer and meditation and living in contentment and trust. You're keeping the good stuff in. You're keeping the, the good stuff in. So let me ask you as we close. Do you need peace? Do you need peace in your life? Do you need strength in your life? Do you, need, do you need Jesus to provide that peace, that strength? Are you tired of trying to walk in your own strength? Are you ready to surrender? Say, Jesus, I 
just need you. I need to walk with you. I need you to draw near to me. I need you to adjust my life to you. Because Jesus is ready to set up a, a, a security system in your, for your heart and your mind. And it's much better than the one I, I installed in my house. He's there, and he's waiting for you. And so if you need peace, you need strength, let's go to the Lord and ask him to do that. Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you would, please. We're going to ask the Lord that he's going to just speak to you right now as we just take a moment and just everyone focusing on what what God wants to do here in this place. Maybe you're sitting there and you're facing the air of your life. You're just like, it's chaos. My situation is out of control. I need peace. Just ask God, God, give me peace. Give me peace. Let your peace come down. Or maybe you're just tired and weary and, and, and you're relying on your own strength and it's just not enough. And you're like, Lord, I surrender. I need your strength. I need you to move in. I need to, I need to walk in the contentment. I need to fix those things that, that, that I'm not contented with, that, that, are, that are discontent in my life. I need to fix those. And I need to be happy with what I have. I need to trust in you. And that's going to bring strength to my life. Maybe that's you. Just ask God, God, give me strength. Flood me with strength.